morning, Bob. It's good, good to be here, and it's really nice to have Dr. Holm with me. Dr. Holm is our Prairie Doc, and he's here with me, ready to answer any questions you might have of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. And I'm happy to have you here today. You feeling pretty good? Feeling pretty good. All right. You know, a a week ago, they they took a wedge out of my liver and uh, that had a uh, a metastatic spread from the pancreas. Uh, cancer that had occurred two years ago, and uh, initially we had heard that there was, uh, when they did the first MRI on Monday, uh, on Tuesday we met with the oncologist and he said, well, it looks kind of bad. I'm afraid the bad news is it's it's spread. The cancer looks like it's all over the abdomen, but we don't know that for sure, but we, th- we think that it has, and that the lesion in the liver has gotten larger. And so we have to, you know, know that that's the case, except that, you know, we don't know for sure. And so we want to do that exploratory laparotomy anyway. So they did put a scope in so there. So this Couldn't was October 30th that they put that the a, scope in. The, no, then no. the next day. The next day, October 31st, which would be Halloween. Which would be Halloween. One week ago you had this, and you should be home in bed. So one week ago okay. they put a scope in there and they <laughs> found that. You're not going to listen to me. Go these ahead. Little, little spots of spread were just pockets of pus that uh, there was an infection that had been in there and then and and it was not cancer oh that was good. and that the lesion in the liver was resectable because it's the only lesion that popped up they have an mri pet scan that's it's there's only three in the country and that one's five times more sensitive than the cat pet or the pet cat as they call it uh, which is a tent uh, you know it's a scan that looks for uh, radioactive uh, sugar that goes to the fastest growing, most sensitive uh, inflamed areas. And that's why it picked up areas of infection. It thought that was cancer, but it wasn't cancer, it was infection. So uh, the good news was they could resect it, that there isn't evidence, there is not evidence of spread at this point, and that they think they got it all, quote unquote, you know. And as my dear friend Callahogue said to me, well, Rick, it sounds like you have another a chance to run around the track one more time. <laughs> good way of putting it, so run around the track. And you have been running. Joni can't keep a good man down. Well, I'm sure she's tried. <laughs> she has been unbelievably helpful and success, you know, uh, supportive. And so I can't. I couldn't be married to a, you know, she's a loving nurse kind of a person, and that's what she does. And she's been great. She has been great. Uh, and, but I think that, you know, if you look at what uh, makes a person uh, recover more, it's getting back in the swing of things. And if you want to not recover quite as quickly, then put yourself in the, a bedroom in a corner and sit, lay there and not move. You'll get weaker and weaker and, and you'll melt away. So... I'm trying not not to melt away. Well, you won't. I could not imagine you sitting in a corner. It doesn't fit your bill at all. We're really happy to have you here. And I do hope you don't overdo it this week. But uh, Joni will be there watching out for you, I'm sure. I've uh, I've been sitting in front of a nice fireplace. Boy, it's hard to be a good, warm fire when you're kind of chilled and feeling... 
Yeah, and it's chilly outside, it's too. It's cold so outside, too. So that fireplace had to be nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, so. if you have any questions of Dr. Holm, we do hope you'll give us a call. I do want to mention that we have a link on Facebook page that invites our listeners to stream online. You can also go to the KBRK website and stream our program online. With an Internet connection, our audience can now be located anywhere in the country. So if you have a question of Dr. Holm and are listening outside of Brookings, call us at 605-692-1430. Of course, our local listeners don't need to include the 605 area code. You can just call us at 692-1430. We'd be glad to address any questions you might have, and we'll be back after these important words from the Brookings Health System. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here. I'm so happy to have Dr. Holm in the studio with me. I shouldn't be surprised. I really shouldn't. But when I found out he was coming today, I was. It's one I, week since he had surgery, and no. it wasn't minor surgery. He had part of his liver removed. But overall, he also had all of the cancer removed, and that's what's important. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. And we're just going to say it's gone for good. You know, one more right. lap. Let's take another lap, and another maybe lap. the lap is a long yeah. lap. Let's hope for a long lap. We'll go for a long lap, but we're just happy to have you here, and uh, you're looking good, and I did notice there is some hair coming back. You know, Get a little hair in your head. So, People, you so, know, we've so been looking at that bald palette for a while. They stopped the chemo. Sorry, Bob. Poor Bob. <laughs> yeah. Bob cannot blame chemo for his no, baldness. No. Yeah. But um, so, so they stopped the chemo. Uh, to get me well enough to recover for the surgery. They want me to be free of the chemo. And so <clears throat> they, my eyebrows started coming back, and I, that was the first thing. And then the, the beard, which was so sh- minimal. I mean, it just kind of basically had gone away. I'd stopped needing to shave. You know, I'd, I'd take a little milk and smear on my face, and the cat would come and lick off the shit. <laughs> no, we don't have a that cat. I was just quitting, kidding. So anyway... The, but um, the, the beard started getting thicker. And then the hair, you know, and then as I was shaving my scalp like I uh, did regularly, then suddenly there's a lot more to shave. And so on Halloween Day was the last shave. Good. Let and, that hair grow. Yep, and it's coming back. It, it, uh, I'm, I've got that bald pattern, that male pattern baldness kind of look about me, but. Not quite as masculine and as testosterone uh, strength as uh, Bob, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's anyway. We'll see what it looks like when right. it comes back. That's you know, different. some people after chemo, their hair comes back curly. Did you ever have curly hair when you were a kid? Uh, I just not much. No. I've got a cowlick. It'd be funny if it came back real curly. Yeah, I have this yep. front cowlick kind of a okay. thing that my kids seem to have inherited. <laughs> just but their luck. Other than that, I don't know what a cowlick means. They always said, you know, the big the cow was licking the front of your forehead, and it just made that, you know, that got a, a little wave to shove a it. A little over. wave in yeah. that front of your. Well, you know, you're looking hair. good, so we're glad to have you here. So, I know that you recently wrote, and it's probably going to be in newspapers this week, uh, an an essay on aortic aneurysms. Right, right. What do we need to know? I, I hear the term and it scares me. Should it scare someone if somebody if the doctor says you have an aortic aneurysm? It's pretty serious stuff, right. isn't it? The, it is uh, s- suddenly you're you're sick and dead. You know, it's like you're healthy, doing well, doing fine. Suddenly there's abdominal pain, and <clears throat> it's the the, uh, the the many layers of the aorta. They have m- multiple layers, and that layer. 
those layers um, break down and uh, the blood, the high pressure hose that it's supposed to be is taking high pressure, but the pressure starts dissecting into the one of the layers of the wall. And so you have an aorta that's that's spreading apart and it feels like a tearing and the tearing goes to the back of the of the um the feeling that your your back is sp- is tearing apart and um I've caught a number of these in the emergency room in my lifetime and you get them immediately to surgery I've uh, helped then Gopal do surgery on a couple of them and they they survived uh, I've seen, I've shipped several to Sioux Falls and they've si- survived. Uh, one of my dear patients that I cared about a great deal and I was doing everything meticulously to care for him, had one uh, starting to dissect, came to the emergency room, they made the right diagnosis, they put him in the ambulance to send him to emergency surgery in Sioux Falls. They got him to surgery and he died on the table. I mean, he just, he, he was, it was too late. And I just break my, it breaks my heart because in the heels of that death, I bet it's the next year they started re- recommending to people that anybody who has been a smoker ever, ever, male or female, should think about their risk for aortic aneurysm. And in fact, they recommend uh, the U.S. Preventive Services uh, recommends that men 65 and older who have been a smoker should have an aortic aneurysm ultrasound done to look for aneurysm and to monitor if it's starting to dilate. Um, and and we'll, we see them. I, a ton of them I've discovered, and then I've monitored them and watched them. And year after year, they've remained three and a half centimeters. And when they get above four, you, you start worrying. Uh, so you can have one and just live with it because it's small. It's a bulge in the aorta. And if it's a small bulge, it's okay. Right. But they can burst. If they burst, goodbye. Right. Or they can just dissect, and so they're spreading down. You know, it's spreading uh, uh, down the the wall. It's separating the wall away from uh, itself, uh, and you can catch it early enough to to go in. And what they'll do is they'll uh, now what they can do if you catch it at the right time is they'll put a uh, a catheter up one of the uh, um, femoral arteries, which is in the groin, and they will uh, send that catheter up into the middle of the aorta, where the aneurysm is, and then they will put a stent, just like they do in the coronary arteries, which is, it's basically a a wire expander. They blow the balloon up, and it holds the aorta open uh, and then they can do uh, d- put a device in or that lines it so that it doesn't dissect. They put in a new lining of the aorta. They add a lining without even having open, open surgery. Yeah, that's and it's major surgery because I've, I've watched Van Gopal do it back in the old days. He'd split them asunder with the surgery with the knife o- wa- the open wide their abdomen Take their guts and put in a Ziploc bag and put that on, hang that over the side of the the abdomen. Get the guts out of the way and not let them dry out. Right, so they're in a sack. This is sounding really gross, but keep going. And then you find the aorta, and then you clamp it off above and below where the aneurysm is. Right. 
and then you cut open the aneurysm and you put a fiber new you know aorta and sew it in and then you uh reconnect uh oh and then you take the old aorta and you you re um reposition repos uh, it around uh, your your uh, your new aorta okay and sew that down and then you open up all of the the clamps and hope that it and hope the works. blood flows right wow that's major surgery well, aortic it's aneurysms are pretty serious things, and it's interesting when you mentioned that anyone who was a smoker, even if you quit 20 years ago, you yeah. should still be concerned. You you were a smoker, Joan. Yeah, you're getting me concerned now. <laughs> it might be, you know, I'll tell you, here's the, here's the one. You can say, I was a smoker. I've been having a little back pain. I'm worried about an aortic aneurysm. Doctor, don't you think I should have an ultrasound of my abdomen to look at my aorta? Okay. And the, if you've got a little back pain, most of us do, and if you've been a smoker, it's worth it. And if you're 65 or older, there, there's, the, there's it. If you're a guy and 65 over, you qualify for a screening ultrasound uh, once or twice, I think. And, um, you know, the, when those ultrasound, you know, circus comes into town and they have carotid ultrasounds and leg ultrasounds and you know, they do things. all these things and yeah. I, I think all of it is pretty much a waste of time except except for the aorta, the aorta. that's a good one to do yeah. okay well good advice for any of us non-smokers who may have smoked at one time that's quite a few of us my age but very happily i'm not smoking now but now i have one more thing to worry about thanks a lot rick okay <laughs> <laughs> on that note we're going to take a break we'll be back right after these words Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm, and he's been telling me things that might cause me problems, but not just me. It's a lot of people well, out there. Well, let's prevent a problem. It's, we can prevent the problem. Aortic aneurysms, if you smoked in your lifetime, and even if you quit 20 or 30 years ago and you're over 65, this is something that you probably can prevent a problem by checking with your doctor and seeing if you can't have an ultrasound to make sure you don't have an aortic aneurysm. It's interesting. It tells you how hard smoking is on your vessels. Even this many years and it's later. An, it's the large vessel, and it really takes a hit from smoking. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's primarily smokers who have mm -hmm. aortic aneurysms and not others. And so um, if, if I could have just... Here's this dear, dear friend who had been a smoker in... And I, I was his doctor, and he was depending on me to prevent any problem. That, and he just knew something was up. Something could be. A, he could. I could. He sense knew he it. wasn't well. Yeah. Something was right, and I missed it. Yeah. You know, you there's a lot of shoulda shouldas in your life. There is one of them. That's one. Yep. Well, you know, talking about tough things in your life. Last night, Ed and I were entertained royally at South Dakota State University. We had Mandy Hardy there. Mandy came to sing with the Woodbine Productions, which is a wonderful program at State. Uh, they have four to, I think, four programs a year where all the ticket sales, you buy tickets, but then the purchase of your ticket goes to scholarships for music students, which is phenomenal because one, one uh, donor in town actually 
donates all the costs of the person coming. So this person that came is uh, Mandy Hardy. And she was on, I did not see America's Got Talent. I don't watch that very often. No. But she was on that, and I'm sure if you go on the web, you'd find it. She was on America's Got Talent for phenomenal musical talent. But the thing that's interesting, very interesting about her, not just her talent, but the fact that she is deaf. She's totally deaf, and she sings on key beautifully. And I mentioned to you during the break, um, when she came on stage, I noticed she had tights on, but she did not have shoes on. And I figured she probably felt the vibrations of the music through her feet, too. Mm -hmm. Do you know much about that, Dr. Hum? Uh, about vibrations of music of no, the feet? No, we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> no, about a deaf person yeah. being able to sing. No, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, you, but you do know this, that people who lose certain senses, they, uh, their brain works hard with all the rest of the senses that they have to make up for the loss. I mean, you think about Beethoven, I mean, who, who lost his hearing. Yeah, uh, Bob, you've, what do you know about Beethoven? Well, um, yeah, he did, but he used to lay his head on the, on the piano to try and feel the right. I, I have a story for you that I actually wept when I read. There was a guy in the Philippines who was born much like Helen Keller, blind and deaf with no arms. No arms. Oh, wow. Wanted to read. Learn how to read Braille with his tongue. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. You think about that. Yes. So great was the desire of this person. He overcame more than we could ever imagine. Well, think we, about that. Don't we take so much, oh, uh, we take don't so much we for granted? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you take, um, but I see that kind of heroism, as if you would call it, that willing to work hard to try to get by and make the most of what they have if they've lost it in everyday people and uh, uh you know because uh, when i was taking care of people people would come down with uh, uh illnesses and problems and and uh and they would make do they would uh find a way find a way and go forward yeah. uh, one of my dear friends uh is a uh, an internist from florida stuart himmelstein jewish gentleman never married uh, six foot five or six or seven or something. I go to these national meetings and you know we're all hob you know walking around uh, uh, having uh, hors d'oeuvres and uh, drinks and all those kind of things before big events you know and you just look around the, uh, above the crowd and there's Stuart over here and the you could pick him out of the pick crowd, him out right? of the crowd. Uh, he came down with um, uh, a a familial uh, cause for kidney failure so he's lost his kidneys uh and um <clears throat> he's a practicing physician uh probably 59 you know uh working hard to uh and loved by his people who uh, he lives near miami you know he's in a floridian kind of a guy he's always been floridian and uh and so he is uh First, he went with abdominal dia dialysis for a long period of time. Now he's to hemodialysis. And uh, he's just plugging away, waiting for a kidney. If there could be a kidney out there, somebody who would donate. But he has a good attitude. Is that a positive? And positive attitude. Uh, you know, uh, when I was at the Mayo, I think the first time, he made a point of being there. 
He flew from Florida. He did. Toured oh, with us around. Uh, um, and then hung hung with us during, you know, meetings and appointments and stuff like that. That's fantastic. So uh, a dear friend, a really good person, a brilliant physician. Well, people do find a way to rise above. I know Mandy Hardy, the entertainer, last night when she was talking, she said, I wasted a year in self-pity and just was so disgusted because my whole life I wanted to teach music. I couldn't teach music. I couldn't teach kids if I couldn't uh, hear and I finally decided self-pity is not me. I'm going to find a way. And now she's entertaining and has really done a lot of good, which is great. Uh, on a different topic, we have someone calling in who's just concerned about the medications they're taking. We do appreciate your call. We're going to take this one now. And this person called in and has taken 500 milligrams of extra strength magnesium. She also, she or he, I'm not sure if it's a man or woman, is also taking 2,000 units of vitamin D. She would like to know if there are any side effects from the extra strength magnesium or taking the uh, vitamin D as well. Mm -hmm. Should she be concerned about side effects? So I had my 2,000 international units of vitamin D this morning. Uh, my, uh, my feeling ab about uh, magnesium is another story. Uh, there are people who are low on magnesium when it's proven that they are malnourished. I mean, if they're malnourished or if they have some rare congenital uh, uh, me metabolic d disability of some kind. Um, but <clears throat> uh, if if the person is not uh, is malnourished, has a low magnesium, has been told to be on magnesium. Then I would I would I would do everything to stay on it. The problem, the side effect of the magnesium uh, is diarrhea. Most of the time, uh, milk of magnesia kind of story uh, is the picture of all of the magnesium supplements. And we have tried to provide some supplements to people when they have, for example, they have kidney failure or they have malnourishment or you know they're alcoholic and they come in with low magnesiums, so and so forth. Uh, and we have tried our best to to balance that, but as a rule, that's just generally a temporary deal, and their magnesium's normalized. So, if they're taking magnesium because they heard it was a good thing and they've been recommended, but it's not by their doctor, talk to your doctor about it. Uh, if it is causing you diarrhea, then I I think that's not a good thing. Uh, and um, if you must take it because your doctor recommended because you have some kind of metabolic problem then you know I would and you're having diarrhea from it I would I would counter with you know one of the anti-diarrhea drugs and there's many over-the-counter anti-diarrhea meds that you can take but your best advice is to talk to your doctor about it I really would yeah. if, if it, you're just taking it as a supplement then mm -hmm. I it can be too many side effects to, and not enough benefits Okay. Well, we have uh, just two minutes left. Maybe we'll skip that last break. Okay. We've taken two breaks. We won't take the third because we are short on time. Um, I did have one person call in with another question. Is it too late to get the flu shot? Can I still get them? No, it is not too late. Uh, please get the flu shot. And get it for me or get it for uh, us older people who are immunocompromised. Or take it, you know, get it for the little kids who are who, whose shots don't work because they're immunocompromised, or from someone who's on chemo, or for, uh, get, uh, get the flu shot. For
for the other people in your life uh, or, or in the environment. You know, if you're going to live in a pillbox, you know, I mean, uh, that's an army pillbox. If you're going to live in a cement room and not get outside the, okay, and you decide that you don't want to take it, that's fine. But if you're going to see people, right? If you're going to be people, if you're going to a concert uh, of a blind person, I mean, of a, bl- a blind person, a deaf. of a deaf person who sings, or if you're going to go to a church, you know, realize that there are many people who really could catch the flu from you and be uh, harmed greatly. Many people die from the flu every year because it it um, it attacks uh, and makes and gives respiratory infections to people who who are not protected by their own immune system. So it's a dangerous thing, and the best thing you can do for yourself and all your loved ones and everyone else out there is just go get the flu shot. The clinics have them. The uh, pharmacies have them. You can get the flu shot. You can get them anywhere. Get them. Okay. Uh, Tomorrow night's uh, no show. No show. We're going to watch football tomorrow night, right? South Dakota State High School football. Right. That'll be exciting. But but we're making a show, uh, which will be shown in the May, in June or May June something like that. Well, you don't want to waste the hour, and you have students who are there who can cover it, and right. so you'll get the show done. Tom and Kathy Dean from Westington Springs will be here in Brookings, and we'll record a show about their lives. You know, they've had full lives of healthcare in that little community, and it's sort of a picture of the Prairie Dock. That'd be great. So we we will catch that much later. But right now, we have run out of time, and we do hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Dock radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Dock, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Dock on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Dock library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedock.org. That's it for this week, Dr. Holm. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Joan. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.